فآيه جميعها تدعو إلى الإيمان تعطي فؤادي صحة وقوة في آن يحفظني قرآني وأرتقي في همتي ويرتقي بياني هيا جميعا بادروا لجنة الرضوان فأيكم لا يرتجي مأدبة الرحمن مدرستي منقذتي من سبل الشيطان تجمعني بصفوة من خيرة الخلان مدرستي منقذتي من سبل الشيطان تجمعني بصفوة من خيرة الخلان ولا أرى مدرسة لمثلها تداني وإنني لأرتجي في السر والإعلان في السر والإعلان يا ربي يا رحماني يا ربي يا مناني وفق وجازي من سعى لخدمة القرآن السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم A very warm welcome to our prime time youth program live and exclusive to Markaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. And Alhamdulillah, we've been taking these anecdotes from our late Sheikh, Hazrat Mawlana Yunus Padel Sahib, a beautiful kitab that parents need to teach their children, removing the safety net. And it's not only for children or youth, I think it's equally important for us as adults to continually, continuously remind ourselves of these fitness that are creeping in communities and creeping in societies. And of course, you know, the beauty here is that Hazrat Rahmatullah has also given various different prescriptions and solutions from these problems that we are currently facing. So today's topic is a very interesting topic. And I think it's become like a plague. Uh, it's become like an ever-growing cancer in society. And that is the venom of lustful gazes. 
One person wrote to my Sheikh, Hazrat Muhammad Yunus Patel Sahib Rahmatullah, speaking about his Sheikh. And there are many who write along the same lines to the Mashaykh. He said that his evil gaze repeatedly falls on young boys. And he wrote that everywhere he turned in the institution he attended, there was a young, beautiful boy to look at. Hazrat Mawlana Shah Hakim Akhtar Sahib Rahmatullah replied, in today's times, one needs to be cautious in even raising the first glance. You should adopt the same precaution for those boys as you would do to save your life if there are snakes at every step. The venom of a snake can lead to physical death, but the venom of the evil lustful gaze leads to spiritual death and spiritual death leads to Jahannam. Lustful gazes are arrows that pierce the spiritual heart and kill it. Allah Ta'ala protect us all. This is why my Sheikh is very discouraging and opposing of young boys going to boarding schools and institutions where they have to share rooms with big boys, bearded ones. They can easily find themselves victim to abuse from older boys or other seniors, as it is very common in these days. They are minor, innocent, weak and defenseless, and we have placed them in the lion's den. We deal with cases all the time. No one can say that we are relating fairy tales. We have our fingers on the pulse of society. People criticize those ulama who speak out on these issues, labeling them as obsessed and even accusing those ulama of having sick hearts. Their criticism is such these ulama are sometimes obsessed with such types of issues. Can it be that bad? What is wrong with boys being with boys? Do they think that everyone's heart is sick, etc.? Then Hazrat says, they can think what they wish to think. But those who are dealing with such cases every day know fully well the extent of the fitna and being aware of what is happening they cannot deny it or pretend that nothing is happen happening. They have a duty to caution and warn the community. So here, I just want to digress into two pockets. The first one is casting lustful gazes on females and females casting lustful gazes on males. So this is a problem in community and in society. And it's a problem that is not restricted to men only. Generally, when we speak about lustful gazes, then the assumption is made that it is only men that cast lustful gazes. So as we always say, ladies first, let's deal with our or let's discuss our women folk. You see, respected mother, 
honorable sister. Allah Ta'ala, just as how he says, Tell the believing males to lower their gazes. Similarly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also says, Sometimes it's amazing, you know, a woman is in niqab, full niqab. So when she is in the house, she sometimes lifts this niqab up when she's amongst other family members, females. However, if the brother-in-law or some stranger has to walk past, then rightfully so, she will place the niqab back over her face. Now that is there in its place and that is the right thing to do and definitely it must be something that is respected by all. But where the issue comes about, so let's say now it is the sister-in-law, the wife's sister that is in niqab. So every time the husband walks in, she covers her face. Now when it's time to leave, then this sister-in-law, who's in full niqab, she also comes out in full niqab, covered up, alhamdulillah, to greet her sister, maybe greet the nephews and the nieces. But then her eyes fall onto the brother-in-law. Now the brother-in-law can't see nothing. She's covered up. Sometimes they lock eyes. This is where that match is lit. The match of Jahannam. Because very quickly, Shaitan can put different, different thoughts into this girl's mind. Let's see my sister. She got married to this fellow. See what a nice car is driving. What a nice house he's living in. Bichara, my husband, he don't worry whether he combs his hair, brushes his beard. But this fellow is prim and proper. You see, one gaze what it can lead to. And this is a very venomous gaze. Because just like how in a man's situation, certain types of fantasizing begins. The same way a woman can be plagued in this manner. And then very quickly, you'll find that this woman, she is no longer happy. She's no longer satisfied. All along, everything was fine. She was living in a simple house, driving a simple car. Fellow with his cockeye hair, she was happy with that. And now all of a sudden, comparisons. Shaitan is whispering into her heart that what kind of choice you made? See the choice your sister made. Now what kind of choice you had to go and make? Everything is like a downgrade. That is where the danger arises. That venom is now moving and flowing through the spiritual body and it's creating disease upon disease. 
because from fantasizing, it then leads to futile, unnecessary, and undemanded arguments with the husband. So she starts arguing over stupid things. Things that once upon a time she was satisfied. Now she starts making demands on this bichara. And he can't, for the love of him, he can't even figure out uh, this woman, she woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. Now she's making demand. I need to go holiday here. I need to wear this type of clothes. I need, you know, Eid is coming. I've been wearing the same cloak for the last two years. Now you need to buy me this. Every person's risk is different. And what did it start off with? One gaze. One gaze. So, I want to share a very strong warning to our mothers, to our sisters, to our daughters. Being in hijab is a beautiful action. And may Allah give all our women folk the tawfiq to go into hijab. But hijab is not just putting a niqab on and wearing an abaya. Hijab and niqab is also a thought of mind. That just as, see, I will not allow any person, any strange man to glance at my face, to glance at my body. Similarly, I will do whatever it is in my power to control myself and not put myself in a situation where I am glancing at strangers. Even if it be family members in the home, the cousins, the dozens, the brother-in-laws, whatever it may be. It's very, very dangerous this. And it's a creeping, growing fitna. How many, we've discussed this previously, now because it starts off just like that. One gaze, one this, one message. Informalities, that respect is now lost. The line has been crossed by both parties. And before you know it, you have a sister that's having an affair with the brother-in-law, sister's husband. So we have to be very, very careful. And a woman is exercising hijab it's not just about her covering herself. It's about her concealing her heart and her eyes from that which is forbidden. Now I ask you, what is the reason, what is the, the, the maqsad of her coming out to greet? You already greeted ten times in the house. You gave the children lollipop, chocolate, whatever it is. You hugged your sister, everything. What is the reason of coming right to the car to greet again and putting yourself in a vulnerable situation. My Sheikh, Hazrat Molana Dawood Siddhat Sahib Dhamad Barakatuhu, one day I was in one shopping center. I needed to go there for something. Shopping centers is a breeding home for fitna and in a place like that to control your gaze is very difficult
very, very difficult. So I was feeling very uneasy in this place because now your gaze accidentally falls on this one, that one, and even though it may be an accidental gaze, you are feeling guilty about it. So I wrote to my sheikh, Hazrat Mohammad Saab, and I explained my situation. And then Hazrat told me something very interesting. He said, even an elephant will slip in muddy places. So what does that mean? That if you put yourself in a situation like that, then definitely you're going to slip. No matter how strong you may think of yourself spiritually, but now you're this side here, there's fitna, left side, there's fitna, right side, in front of you, behind you, you look down, you see everywhere you're surrounded by fitna. So are you not going to slip then? Are you not going to fall into the fitna? So the shopping centers, it's another topic now. We must only go if it's absolute zarurat. Absolute. Go in, buy what you need, come out, get out of there. Don't spend any extra time. This window shopping and aisle shopping and all of this here is just a recipe for disaster. So that is what I'm saying. Honorable mother, sister, Allah Ta'ala gave you tawfiq. Now you've taken a very strong step. You've gone into niqab, you've gone into hijab. And by the way, this ruling is not only, sometimes people think now, I'm talking about hijab and niqab, that only women that are in hijab are not allowed to cast lustful gazes. If you are still not wearing hijab, the first thing, is you must make dua that Allah Pak give you tawfiq to wear hijab. You see, something that's faraz is obligatory upon you. But now because people will misunderstand, we have to address it as well. So sometimes some male visitor will come home. He's come to see the husband, the husband is sick or the child completed his heaves, or a baby was born, whatever it may be. And the ajeeb thing now, the auntie comes from the kitchen. Sometimes she's not even an auntie yet. A young woman, newly married, first baby, and she comes out, and now she wants to sit with the menfolk. Don't you realize that what you are doing is wrong? First of all, you are intermingling. The other fitna is this thing of Islamic television. First of all, there's no such thing as Islamic television. All television is haram, it is forbidden. But why I'm saying this is sometimes, see, we are on the doorstep of Ramadan. We are on the doorstep of Ramadan. So, because we don't have that tawfiq to sit after taraweeh salah, whether it's on a Friday night, whether it's on a Saturday night, whether it's a normal days, yeah, we'll go to bed early. Whether it's a public holiday to sit, to read extra Quran Sharif, make some zikrullah, make some dua. So what we do is we switch on the TV. Now we can't watch a movie. 
sports, that's another topic on its own, but let's not go there. We keep focused on what we want to say here. So people go on to what they determine in their own minds as an Islamic channel, an Islamic television. So the family is sitting there, husband is sitting there, wife is sitting next to him, children are sitting there, balik boys, girls, and they're listening to this panel discussion that's taking place on the television. You know, I've heard this many times. These presenters also, Ajib, so they know now they're on television. You see on radio, you don't know what I'm wearing. I can be sitting here in my pyjamas also. Nobody will know. Not that I am, but I'm just telling it to you. But on television now, the whole world is watching you. So the beard has to be, mashallah, you know, it has to be brushed and sometimes they iron the beard, the menfolk. <laughs> They iron the beard. Ajib! Where? <laughs> I can't understand this thing about men folk ironing their beards, straightening their beards. They take their wives' iron straightener, you know? And they straighten their beards. They spend 20 minutes, 30 minutes every day. And then they put all this beard oils in. Ya Rab. We are men. Beard is, is not supposed to look like that. Must be neat. I'm not saying now it must be scruffy either. Must be neat. But naturally, a man's beard will grow curly. In our country, certain foreigners, people from Malaysia, etc., their beard goes straight, naturally. But I'm saying it must be left natural. So now the sheikh this Molana, whoever it is, that is having this panel discussion. So he's made sure his beard is right, his glasses are straight, stoppy. Sometimes he will even wear amama, la ilaha illallah, matching amama to the kurta. And you have cufflings and you have a pen, the expensive, expensive pen. Watch also, it must match the color of the kurta. So, the wife will say, hey, look how mashallah the sheikh is looking. Huh? How he put his scarf, how he put his amama. Why you can't? And, and sometimes they are of dini environment. It's a dini home. So that man is also wearing kurta. He's also wearing amama. He might also wear scarf now and then. So the wife is telling him, why you can't dress like this here? Toba, toba, astaghfirullah. So, is that not a lust? Is that not a, a forbidden gaze? Forbidden gaze. Then, the fear of this year. said, so now you become the celebrity also. Television, so-called. I don't even want to refer to it as Islamic television. So now, everywhere you go, Sometimes people come ask you, autograph. Hmm? Sometimes it's young, young girls. There's a female presenter. She now becomes a big, big celebrity. 
opens her own organization and she's the chairman of this organization and doing this and doing that. There's a place for every person. But that is not the place. That is not the place where we can, you know, in Ramadan also, <laughs> out of Ramadan is forbidden 100%. But now it's in Ramadan. And we think we are getting thawab because we are sitting and listening to a panel discussion about Syria, about Palestine, about Tawheed, about Ramadan, about fasting, about cooking, about this, about that. We think it's beneficial, but wallahi, the spiritual venom that is entering the heart, it's entering, it's going through your veins. It's like, you know, that snake bite. It may have bit you on your hand, but very quickly it starts spreading up your hand into your heart. Your heart starts collapsing. It goes into your livers. Your liver, there's multiple organ failure until that person is fatally killed. So what is this doing? It's a spiritual venom. It's coming in. The enjoyment that you once upon a time had at the time of tahajjud, if you were tahajjud guzar, that goes away. Why? Because you're sitting till 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, watching some panel discussion. Now you can't get up for tahajjud salah. So that is gone. Then you get up groggy. Now you're fighting with the children because they can't also get up. Husband also can't get up. You're fighting with everyone to get up at the time of suhoor. So my dear mother and sister, one gaze, one haram gaze, see what it is like sh shaitan. Huh? He comes, he puts that little bit of syrup on the, on the wall. One fly comes, sits on the fly. Then one lizard sees the fly, or one, 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 one uh, what you call this thing, spider sees the fly. He comes, he tries to attack, he also gets stuck there. The lizard also, he gets stuck there. Then the cat jumps for it, the dog jumps for it, until the whole house is tamasha. The whole house. So here, your spiritual home, this is being crushed, it's been demolished. We are talking so, uh, you know, emotionally about the Palestinian homes that are getting demolished. Our spiritual house is at jeopardy just from a gaze. One gaze. Our spiritual homes. Then the other problem is sometimes we have workers at home. We're still on the female side of things. Men, we will discuss inshallah after the break. Now you have one garden boy there. And she's supposed to be in niqab, in hijab, but she's coming out. She's even giving instruction. She's sitting sometimes with the garden boy. Now, for her, there's no attraction whatsoever. Nothing, absolutely nothing. But in his eyes, this is a Rani. Hmm? Sometimes it leads to rape. It leads to abuse. Same thing happens in Haramain Sharifain. That when the people are coming to clean, the women folk are not exercising hijab. Why? Because he's a cleaner. He comes from Bangladesh. He come from Pakistan, he come from India, he's just the cleaner. So now she's going and she's saying, hey, hey Baba, put extra toilet paper in the, in the bathroom also. It's not her duty. She wants that, speak to the husband. Husband will go and request it. We must have limits. 
We must understand the rules of hijab. It's a very dangerous thing that we, we're falling in. Allah Ta'ala, sooner or later, you see, there's a hadith. Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentions that Allah Ta'ala's curse, in other words, the mercy of Allah Ta'ala is removed on that person who cast the lustful gaze and the one who has allowed the lustful gaze to be cast upon. It's another topic, our dressing of our mothers, our sisters, our daughters. Hmm? Now, if the mercy of Allah Ta'ala is being removed from us young Shabab, and you no longer have Allah Ta'ala as your backup, your rahmah, your mercy is taken away, what's going to befall us? We will fall over and over and over again into guna, into filth, into sin person once upon a time was wearing hijab how many cases we are seeing it today they have no haya no sharam they're dressing tight tight jeans and tops and colored nails and lipstick dipstick and all of this here why because allah ta'ala we didn't value the ahkam and the rules of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so that venom it poisoned us until the heart becomes spiritually dead. Then to walk in a street like that, there is nothing. There's nothing. But to think to yourself that once upon a time, this woman was, a, you know, dressed so modestly. Niqab, even wearing gloves and what have you. Today, look at her. What has gone wrong? What has gone wrong? So it is that spiritual venom that Hazrat Rahmatullah is speaking about. That we must be very, very careful about. So mothers, sisters, you have to be very careful. Don't put yourself in a situation where you unnecessarily are going to slip in the mud. Hmm? Don't put yourself in that situation. And if you find yourself continuously falling and slipping, casting these lustful gazes, then remind yourself that is my Allah happy with me? Is my Allah happy with me? On the day of Qiyamah, when my book of deeds is going to be presented in front of everyone, and Allah Ta'ala reads it, am I as a woman who grew up modestly, with a lot of sharam, with a lot of haya, how am I going to face Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala? How am I going to face Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all understanding. Allah ta'ala grant us tawfiq. Allah ta'ala cure us of all our spiritual maladies. And this venom, the antidote is there. Inshallah we'll share it with you after the break. Jazakallah khair. تدعو إلى الإيمان تعطي فؤادي صحة 
وقوة في آلي قرآني عسى يحفظني قرآني وأرتقي في همتي ويرتقي بياني هيا جميعا بادروا لجنة الرضوان فأيكم لا يرتجي مأدبة الرحمن شامخ البنيان وأصلوا ونهدوا لرفعة الإنسان مدرستي منقذتي من سبل الشيطان تجمعني بصفوة من خيرة الخلان مدرستي منقذتي من سبل الشيطان تجمعني بصفوة من خيرة الخلان ولا أرى مدرسة لمثلها تداني وإنني لأرتجي في السر والإعلان في السر والإعلان يا ربي يا رحماني يا ربي يا مناني وفق وجازي من سعى لخدمة القرآن السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته Welcome back to our primetime youth program on Markaz Sahaba, the voice of Ahlu Sunnah wal Jama'ah Alhamdulillah from Cape Town, Musalla Yunus in Panorama Allah Ta'ala is giving tawfiq for us to discuss this aspect the venom of lustful gazes so before the break we had concentrated ladies first as we say huh? with regards to our mothers our sisters our daughters and different aspects with regards to putting themselves in position whereby they should at all cost avoid casting glances on male folk now the flip side of the coin our young brothers our young friends see this is a very big guna it's a very big sin and because it has crept into community into society as a whole sometimes it's not even taken or regarded as a guna so that's the first thing this is a very dangerous road whereby we don't even feel anything in our hearts that I'm committing something that is haram, that is forbidden. When this happens, then to make tawbah from that particular sin becomes very difficult. Why? Because it's become a habit now. It's become a habit. Sometimes 
right up to old age. Bichara is 70, 75 years old. All the mechanics in the body is rusted. Some parts are not working also. But the eyes are very like spears. They are still all over the show. Hmm? So we have to be very, very careful. First of all, in recognizing that this is Gunai Kabira, it is a major sin. Number two, my Sheikh, Hazrat Molana Dawood Siddhat Sardamad Barakatuhu, always when he is discussing this topic of lustful gazes, he tells us and advises us that this is a very stupid sin. Because what are we getting out of it? You know? Not to say that other gunas are any better. However, in other gunas, there is something that a person is getting. This particular guna is nothing, it's void of anything. Looking at a woman, na mahram woman, what are we getting out of it? Nine out of ten times, we cannot even, in fact, I would say 10 out of 10. You, the amount of girls a person will look at during the course of the day, you can't sleep with all of them. You can't fulfill your desires with all of them. So what is it causing? It, the venom of this lustful gaze that is permeating the heart, that is intoxicating the spiritual body, is causing so much of harm. That's why Hazrat Rahmatullah Alayhi, he would say there is harm in haram. There is harm in haram. That's all it is doing. It's making a person frustrated. Now, let's take it in three different phases. A young man is unmarried, but his eyes are everywhere. So now when the time for him to get married comes, now he's looking for a girl, right? So the family will take him on what we regard or what we call a samusaran. But in his mind, He's got this bombshell of a girl in his mind. I'm not going to settle for anything less. She must have this color hair. She must have this color eyes. Her complexion must be like this. And na'udhu billah, thumma na'udhu billah, because of those lustful gazes, he goes to the degree that even describing explicitly how the body must be. Slim, trim, figure, and all of that. So sometimes, sometimes, now it doesn't mean now every unmarried person that has now reached maturity and is in his 30s or 40s, we must now brand them out. Oh, these people were people that were looking at too much girls. That's why they can't find a wife. No, we can't do that. We can't make a blanket statement also. However, in certain circumstances, because now, 
His gaze is on a particular type of beauty, which in his eyes is defined as beauty. It becomes almost impossible for this person to find a partner. Why? Because he doesn't want to settle for anything less than what is in his mind. So see, person lives their entire life like this here. Sometimes they pass away also and they didn't get married 40, 50, 60 years old. They didn't get married. So that's the first stage. The second stage is the dangerous one where a person is married, but he has no control over his eyes, no control over his eyes. So now he begins to compare his spouse, his halal, toyib wife, with that which is forbidden fruit. And Allah wa ta'ala slowly but surely takes away that sukoon. You see, when a person gets married, Allah Ta'ala puts that mawaddat, that love, and he puts compassion, and he puts love and mercy in the hearts of both spouses. But because this fellow's gaze is all over the show, can't control it. So now, the satisfaction, you, you see, we read a dua, Rabbana hablana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata ayun. Oh Allah, make our spouses, make our children the coolness of our eyes. When we see them, we are satisfied. We are happy with them. So the first thing that Allah Ta'ala does is He removes that qurrata ayun from the eyes of a person that is engaged in this guna of lustful gazes. So now, the once upon a time beauty pageant of a wife in front of his eyes is now no longer satisfactory to him. So now, how many more gunas come about because of this? <clears throat> so now he instructs his wife, no, you need to go to the gym. You need to work on your thighs. You need to work on this. You need to work on that. Now he's putting his wife in a position of intermingling. Now if something goes wrong there, then she is also still to blame. You see how this can ripple out of effect? Gee, so sometimes because it's a youth program now, I have to say these things, it's very hard for us to mention it. But sometimes a person can be sleeping with his own wife, but he's fantasizing over some person, he don't even know the name. He don't even know the name of that person. Forget anything else. He's fantasizing about her. The third point, now whole life a person, his zindagi went in this guna, not controlling the gaze. 
Now he's not a young man anymore. He's in his 50s, his 60s. But subhanallah, you still find what the youth will term as players. People in their old age, they are still players. So, they got one and a half feet already in the qabr. But they can't control the eyes. And because they are so now advanced in age, that is where the danger comes about. Because they become even more gutsy. For them to talk to the waitress, it means nothing. For them to even flirt with the air hostess, it means nothing. For them to flirt with the hotel clerk, it means nothing. Why? Because now they can see he's got silver hair or gray hair, whatever. So nobody is going to say anything. They will just, and sometimes these old players, he can be so embarrassing, so embarrassing. You don't know where to put your face. Because they are so daring. In their eyes, they think they are daring. But all they are doing is they are, they are denying themselves of the sweetness of Iman. Those are the three phases. I want to discuss very briefly an additional phase. And that is the casting of lustful gazes on devices. Today, everyone is hooked to this TikTok. Everyone is hooked onto Instagram Reels, YouTube Reels, Snapchat. And there is so much of filth on there. So much of be sharmi, so much of be hayai, immodesty, huh? that even our Muslim children are getting involved in this. But that again we've discussed previously. Here we are specifically talking about spending hours on the phone, perusing reel after reel, video after video, meme after meme. The person's wife is there, she's none the better, she's also perusing the internet there. He's sleeping next to her, he's also making maja at the side. Watching the girls dancing and shaking and, you know, it's, it's so much of their hayai. Where can they be sukoon in a home? that this guna is infiltrating right into the intimacy of a bedroom. And the youth of today, they take it even a notch higher. You know, we're not discussing pornography. But I feel that, you know, part and parcel of this year, newlywed couple, we are hearing cases of this. But now he wants to sit with his wife. She's a young girl, he's a young man. And both of them put on a pornography, hardcore pornography movie. And now they want to also learn and 
experiment and do this and do that. So much of behayai immodesty. Allah Ta'ala has made this woman halal for you. Kullukum ra'in wa kullukum mas'oolun an ra'iyatihi. Every one of you is a shepherd over their flock. The husband is the shepherd over his wife. But now she comes from a very modest background. But because she's got that shame in her, that shyness in her, that nadaniyat in her, she also gets trapped in this year. Now they start experimenting. I don't know how many shades of grey and what have you. Hmm? So this is the danger. The danger of the youth in today's time. It is the greatest drug that is consuming not only youth, but across the board, male, female, young, old, doesn't matter. It is capturing the hearts. And it's such an addiction, such an addiction, that now to give it up, it becomes very, very difficult. So, we must be very careful very, very careful. How many times our mashayikh, our akabirin, our elders, they teach us. You see, you walking, driving in the street. First of all, when you're driving, there's no need to be all over the show, looking right, looking left. Now some person will tell you, no, but you've got to do the five-point check every now and then. So five-point check is five-point check. But this thing of looking now, who's driving next to me? Does she have her sunglasses on? Is she putting lipstick while she's driving? How many accidents happen? Accidents, physical accidents happen because that fellow is checking out the next girl. Where his eyes are supposed to be, they are not there. He's everywhere else. It creates lust in the heart. It is the, 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 the doorway to zina and adultery. And we discuss zina. Person's iman is taken away temporarily from that person and it hovers around him. It's hadith. Hmm? So our mashayikh, our elders, our kabirin, they always teach us that when we lower our gaze and we take that little pain on the heart, yes, it's, it's, it's hard. And that's why it's called a jihad of the nafs. It's a battle against the nafs. So now what is happening in Gaza, so many young people, they want to go and become warriors and go and fight. Alhamdulillah is very, very good. But how are we going to fight our nafs? What happens? You know, I was in one place, I won't mention where, another country. And they also went through wars and what have you. And I befriended one young man, 19, 20 years old. 
and he mentioned to me that he was imprisoned for two years. And ever so frequently, the soldiers would come and then they would bring their female soldiers and they would begin to seduce these men, simply to break them, to get information out of them. And they will go through every length just to get that information. Now, my young friend, we want to go fight against the Yahud. They got another weapon there, the female soldiers. How are we going to overcome that? Now, young man goes from South Africa, so much of zeal, so much of Josh, but he goes there, he gets captured, and now he's interrogated and he's seduced and he's whatever happens, Allah knows best by these females. How are you going to keep your Iman? Because you say you are going to fight for Deen. You say you are going to fight for Aqsa. You say you are going to fight for Iman, for Alai Kalimatillah. How are you going to keep the Iman in your heart? That's what we have to ask ourselves. So don't just jump into things. Al-Mujahidu man jahada nafsahu fi ta'atillah. A true mujahid, a true warrior, is that person who makes jihad on his nafs. You take the pain when that skirt walks past. You put your gaze down even if you have to close your eyes temporarily. And you read, La ilaha illallah, La ilaha illallah, until it's gone, far away. And you do this over and over and over again. What will happen? The sweetness of Iman will begin to enter and permeate and perfume your heart. And when the sweetness of Iman enters the heart, from Nafse Ammara, you will go to Nafse Lawama, whereby unconditionally. You know, it takes years of practice, but unconditionally that person will reach a stage whereby if any female walks past, automatically the gaze goes down, automatically. And the easiest way for us to achieve this is in the company of the pious, because they will guide us through this. You go and tell the sheikh that, listen, I'm struggling, man. I'm struggling. Every girl that walks past, my, my heart just flutters. I want to see the shape. I want to see the contours. I want to see this. I want to see the hair. I want to see the eyes. I want to see all of these things. You be open about it. And then they will help us and guide us until almost like a hatred. It's not hatred, but almost like a hatred will enter the heart every time we look. And you see, our deen is beautiful. Person goes down this path that, right, enough is enough. I'm going to bring change in my life. I'm not going to cast this lustful gazes. He goes one week, alhamdulillah, smooth sailing. 
But we mustn't think now that, you know what, I spend one week, I never look at one female, one ghair mahram. Now all of a sudden I'm wali of Allah. You see, that also is dangerous. We have to always be alert because the nafs, it can stand up like a cobra, king cobra, and spit its venom at us at any given time. In a condition when we least expect it to happen, it will happen. So if we had to slip and fall, one week went, no looking. Next day, the new week came. Now you looked and you didn't put your gaze down. You, you, you were stuck into it. But you must realize immediately now, Ya Rabb, what am I doing? What am I doing? Immediately turn, make istighfar, make tawbah, Ya Allah, you help me. Ya Allah, nafso shaitan, dono ne milkar hai kiyahe mujko taba. E mere mola, meri madadkar, chah tahume teri pana. Ya Allah, this nafs and shaitan, they have ganged up against me. I'm seeking your pana, I'm seeking your protection. That sweetness of Iman will enter the heart. And it may take weeks, it may take months, it may even take years. Bhai, nothing is easy. That is why this dunya, Sijnul Mu'min, it's a prison of the believers. Don't think that you're going to get one little wazifa and now all of a sudden, wah, you know, abracadabra and what have you, and now you're no more going to look. It doesn't happen. It's a fairy tale. There's no special magic wand that anyone can just flash around you. Huh? It's your battle. It's your jihad. For your entire duration of your life, that is your jihad, by. And my young friends, sometimes you see, we put ourselves in situations where it becomes so difficult to now practice this. You see, now a young man, he can be at university. This university thing also, you know, there's so much of fitness that are creeping into it. So now he thinks, okay, never mind, let me join. And I'm not I'm speaking generally here. I'm not attacking anyone. I'm speaking in a very general aspect. So they joined the MSA, Muslim Students Association. Now in the Muslim Students Association, you've got boys there and you've got girls there. Now they decide to, this is the fitna, to put some of the girls as executive members, vice chairman, secretary, treasurer, all of that. Girls, they are ever ready to, to, to do all of this. But the problem is now you go to certain meetings. How do you, how do you conduct a meeting where there are boys and girls and expect that now my gaze must just stay down? How? You're looking for problems. Rather, you don't be part of that. You don't be a part of that. Just go, do whatever you have to do, and come away from that place as quickly as possible. Then it becomes study buddies, then it becomes library buddies, then it becomes exams. Where does it ever end? 
We have to be alert, my young friends. It's a jihad. Hmm? So many young people, mashallah, you see them with a lot of jazba. Not that I'm condoning this marches. It is completely forbidden the way we are doing it. But so much of jazba, hmm? What is saying? With my soul, with my blood, I sacrifice for you, O Aqsa. Bye, with your soul, with your blood, why don't you sacrifice for Allah? Sacrifice for Allah. Allah is first. Allah's deen is first. Allah's ahkam is first. Muhabbat for Nabi Apaq is first. This is where we are losing the plot. We're getting caught up in all these side events and side shows that we leave the maqsad of why Allah Ta'ala has created us. وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ أي لِيَعْرِفُونَ It's recognition, become an arif of Allah. Become one who recognizes Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Gee, my young friends, it's easier said than done. Hmm? It's easy to speak. It's a battle that I have to fight. It's a battle that you have to fight. My young sisters, it's a battle that you have to fight. It's a battle that my daughters and my wife has to also fight. Hmm? But we make dua that Allah Ta'ala keeps us on the righteous path. Allah Ta'ala keeps our iman thabit. Allahumma thabitna ala al-iman. Keep us steadfast like a rock on iman. And every time we slip, always turn in istighfar. Don't say, ah, you know, ah, tomorrow, another day, another day. No, same time, have remorse in your heart. We don't know when Malakul Mot will take us away. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant me understanding, Allah ta'ala grant you understanding, grant the whole ummah understanding, and grant us tawfiq to rectify our ways and become better Muslims, better Muslimas, so that we can earn the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jazakallah khair. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.